Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. The city is yours, New Amsterdam Radio starts now. Flowable voice here in the mayor's office. Okay, burning the midnight oil. Great working on projects that are kind of exciting me. Uh, the book, Graduation Day, is going to be coming out soon. And I'll keep you guys in the loop how that progresses. Because I'm kind of excited. It's been a while since I wrote a book. And uh, if you guys have not seen my bibliography, it's available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. But this is my first memoir, my first nonfiction uh, entry, which is kind of what I like to do. I like to read nonfiction. So it's only a matter of time since I write nonfiction. In fact, on my book club show, which is a program I have exclusively on my Patreon, patreon.com slash flowboboys. I actually review books, uh, some of the books I've read and like to share with you. It's supposed to be bi-monthly, but the last three months I've kind of did this uh, monthly thing. I'm not sure if I can keep up that pace. But if you want to know more about the books I read, check out Flopito's Book Club at patreon.com slash flowboboys. And if you want to know more about the book I'm writing, Graduation Day, well, you got to stay tuned. Today, I'm hanging with Katrina Williams, and she is working tirelessly to be a positive impact in the local community when it comes to the unhoused and homeless. And changing the face of homelessness is something that she believes in, and that's why she works at organizations. So my chat with Katrina is definitely going to be a treat because sometimes when you're being creative, it's not necessarily about artwork. It's really about coming up with different solutions to problems. Like Booker T. Washington once said, excellence is to do a common thing in an uncommon way. Before I get to the interview, I just want to say, if you haven't already, make sure you follow the show on social media at New Amsterdam on Instagram and at new underscore Amsterdam on that Twitter and of course, learn more about the show wholesale at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W, Amsterdam.com. But enough of my rambling. Here is my chat with Katrina Williams. Welcome back to New Amsterdam, Mayor of the Podcast for Creative. It is I, Flubble Voice, the mayor in the mayor's office. But as always, I am not alone. I want to introduce you the face of the Changing the Faces of the Homeless Organization, Ms. Katrina Williams. How are you doing? I'm good. Hello, everyone. I'm great. Well, that's great to hear. How is how are you doing as an individual as we head out of the pandemic? Hopefully, uh, that totally ravaged our 2020s. Move, blow, blow. Come on now. It's been, you know, the pandemic has taken a lot out of everyone. You know, we've all been going through a, a process with this thing here. has left a lot broken. So not just the homeless people, but everyone has been dealing with this dynamic of the pandemic. So that's why it's so important um, about bringing this event. It's not just about housing the homeless. It's really truly about healing. But we go out every week on Mondays. We go out and we do outreach. We hit Skid Row. We hit Venice Beach. We're hitting all the target areas that have encampments or have an issue with homelessness. So if you are receiving GR or you are in the process of getting GR, we can accept you into the program. Meaning we take people that don't have income and work with the same income 
to manage their room and board moving forward. Because what I don't like to do is leave people on the streets who really, really want it, who have a mindset of change, who's ready for a lifestyle change, but don't have the income, don't have the know-how, can't utilize the resources. We take them off the street and we house them and we help them get back to their feet. So really the process is really simple. You ready for to change your life? You got a mindset ready to change? Then you're ready for a lifestyle change? We're gonna come and get you. That's, that's definitely- That's pretty much it. That's great to hear. And I understand that homelessness or the house is a, a very prevalent issue in Los Angeles. I know everyone has their own opinions of what, what should be done and what can be do. But why is our homeless issue such a complex ball of like issues we have to work through? Because we're not, we're not focusing on the barriers. We're so focused on housing people they are really not focused on what is the barriers that cause them to become homeless in the first place. So once you meet the, rep- the, the resident, the client, the homeless individual where they're at, then you can build a plan to house them successfully and keep them housed. But if we keep ignoring that we got subsidies issues down on Skid Row, Santa Monica, Venice, you name it, it's everywhere. We got mental illness on Skid Row, Venice, Santa Monica, North Hollywood, you name it, it's everywhere. And so we start meeting people where they're at, where realistic resources to meet their realistic needs, we're going to always battle homelessness. How did the name Changing the Faces of Homeless come about? Was that your idea? Was the committee's idea? Was it something that was in your brain for a while? What, how did that brought it to the forefront? Changing the face of homes actually is really our housing program. It was something I was just sitting on the side of my bed. Um, the name of our foundation is called New Beginning Sober Living Foundation. But when I was sitting on the side of my bed, you know, changing the face, changing the face of homes just kept ringing in my mind. And I'm like, okay, God, but what is this? What is this? He was like, the housing program. And I was like, okay, there it is. But as we started rolling it out, it made more sense for changing the faces of homelessness versus the sober living, because a lot of people don't want to do sober living programs because they don't want to do the 12 step. They don't want to have these curfews. They don't want to be treated like they're a patient. So when you have a housing program providing supportive services, they don't get that clinical aspect of it. And I don't blame them because not everybody needs clinical services some people just need supportive services and that's the difference it's a big difference let's talk about that event on august 28th the breakthrough event on skid row how did that come about and what are you aiming to achieve we're coming out here so this year actually this is our second annual breakthrough event so i'm, I'm very happy about that last year we did this at echo park and we went out to echo park we brought you know some live entertainment but we brought god that's what the breakthrough is all about. Bringing God, bringing love, and bringing services and being real with the people. So I always tell people when I'm on the streets, I tell my clients, I tell my residents that I keep it real. I always honey and I give it to you straight up with no chasing. Because I want the people to know I'm coming out there for you. I'm here for you if you want it. So we went out there last year. We took food, we took clothing but we also introduced our housing program. So that's when Changing the Face of Homelessness actually came out to the public was last year in 2020. 
this year we're taking it to skid row because now we are open we have beds and now i am tired and god is tired too it's time to really come out and start housing people that want to get off the streets and meeting people with their barriers so bringing services to help people get straight get clean get stable on their medications whether it's mental or medical so you can pull you off the street that's what the breakthrough is all about breaking through barriers there is a lot of people that have an idea of how they can help but they never do so what was the the price for you to make it go no way we can't do something we will do something it can be done well i have been a caseworker for over 20 years so that's what i've been doing i've been working in the mental health um in the homeless sector of, of social services uh, since i graduated college that's something that i love too but when i relocated back to california two years ago i was working at volunteers of america and i had to apply my case though named Mr. Gary Hayes. He also goes by Gary Hayes because he's an actor, or he was an actor. And uh, Mr. Perez, when I tell you, uh, we never come to the appointment. So when you work at a shelter, our job is, is to meet with the, with, the, with the participants, bring them in, and discuss housing. You know, what can we do to help you get out? And when I tell you for two months, Mr. Perez died, Every 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 slip up on his head. Every time I read him on the on spot, he always got some excuse. I can't come to his appointment. But it was one day I was out there and I was on the plot and I saw him, and he had lost a lot of weight. He wasn't looking well. He was looking he was looking ill. So I said, uh uh, Gary, come on here, come on to the office. And when he came to the office, I had his file and I said, you know what? I said, Gary, today we're not going to talk about housing. I said, it's off the record. I said, because I am concerned. And I closed that file up on my desk. And I said, because you don't look good. And as soon as I said that, Gary just started to cry. And he just started to open up. And that's what we're doing. And when I tell you, Gary never missed another appointment. He never missed another appointment. We started working together. We started building. Um, a plan for him, and I also got an opportunity to meet Corey Coleman, okay. which is his best friend. And so we was putting this intervention together. And right before my last week, my departure to VLA, I sent Gary to College Hospital for detox. That was part of the plan to go into detox, thirty days, get clean. Then he was going to move on to rehab. Then after rehab, we would discuss how. So we got to college hospital that Thursday night. Uh, Gary was really, really out of it. He was having a lot of, you know, you know, thoughts of not wanting to do this. But he went ahead and went forward. He got discharged the next day. The next day, I received a phone call from the hospital and from him, and he said, "Well, you know what?" He said, "Katrina, I know you're disappointed, but I'm gonna go home. That's what we call the shelter." So it's okay, but you know, my Fridays and Saturdays, I see you Sunday. I got to work on Sunday. I went to my area and I could saw I saw Mr. Perez sitting in the quad with a white sweater on with the hoodie and he wore a purple keychain around his neck. So I didn't say anything, okay, that he's, you know, bad day, feeling maybe a little bit discouraged. But Monday came. When Monday came, I went to his bed. His bed was completely made up. 
seemed like he hadn't been there for a couple of days, and the purple keychain was on the bed. Mm. So I knew something was wrong. So we, um, I notified my my boss. They put out a, a, a missing person report. At two o'clock that evening, I received the word that Gary had took his life. Saturday, took his life Saturday. So Sunday morning, the vision I saw was just the vision. He was gone on Saturday. So mm. that made me, from that point on, I went to my boss the same day, and I was like, Mr. Clark. We have to do something because Gary had hope. He really wanted he really wanted to end, to go into recovery, but he was so afraid of coming out of recovery, of returning back to homelessness. And blah blah, he was hundred percent correct because there is no substance. Not keeping it real. Remember, I said I keep it real. I give it to you straight up with no chasing. There is no services for people who's coming out of rehab. No supportive services. And, if, and you know they come no job, right? They don't have no income. They have no employment. They can't just go rent So they don't even do that on the streets or in the shelter. And I was like, no more. So if this program was open and flowing the way it is today, Mr. Perez would have went into rehab. He would have came out in his recovery, and he would have came here, and he would have received the supports that we now have in this program. He would have been assigned a case worker right here at the site. We're in the back office. I'm sitting in the office right now. So we're in the back of the house. He would have had staff here. We could have helped him with employment. We could have helped him with counseling. We could have been meeting with him once a week. This was doing. We could have developed the housing stability plan. Everything that he needed to succeed, to, to meet his fears, we now have that today. Yeah. So this is huge. This breakthrough event is huge because we're honoring him. You know, his death would not be in vain. We're using right. Gary's life, his legacy to help change other lives, to empower other people, and to help people understand that you don't always have to stay down. You can always get up if you want it. And how has the reception been about launching this, rolling this out? Has it been kind of seen if people stepped up and wanted to volunteer? Has it been any challenges? Uh, I have had some. I mean, now I'm starting to get the, the momentum is starting to come up. In the beginning, I think people didn't really think it was going to happen. You know, you have a lot of big agencies out here. Uh, and so you got a, a little person like me that's a nonprofit organization. Not like a little mom and pop nonprofit, right? That's coming out here saying, we're coming with the breakthrough, healing and housing. You know, this is a community kingdom building assignment event. They're looking at me like, who the shit? Like, I don't do this. How's she going to do that? But right. when you rock with God, when you rock with God, anything, everything is possible. So now you have the breakthrough event. Yeah, we're coming. August 28th is it's going to be a great event in Skid Row. Uh, if you have never visited Skid Row, it is a very challenging part of Los Angeles, but definitely there seems to be beacons or rays of hope. And hopefully your event is part of that, getting people to get the word out about other housing options. Yes, and that's what we're looking for. We want people to come. This is a community kingdom building assignment. And I look, when I'm on Skid Row, I don't sugarcoat it. This is what I've been saying. 
when I'm talking to other agencies, it doesn't matter. You can be the, gov the governor, the president. I'm going to say the same thing. This is a community kingdom building state, and it's going to take a bitch to bring about a change with homelessness within California. You know, this is not just Skid Row. We got Skid Row, Venice, New Hollywood, Santa Monica, San Diego, and take it all the way up to San Francisco. This is a huge crisis that's going to take a village to fix. I'm just out here ringing the alarm. I'm just the vessel. Well, I got to ask a question then as a vessel. How do you refill your cup? How do you not burn out doing so many different aspects of these things? Wow. You know what? Actually, the, I, I say pray to, I pray a lot. And it, it's not an easy task, trust and believe me. Um, because I also, I'm also was an outreach worker. So trust me when I tell you I've been on the ground, in the trenches, out there riding the buses, in the train, in the road, providing services as an outreach worker, okay? It's not easy. And we go home and we have to learn how to turn it off. You know what I'm saying? Because we see a lot out there on the streets. A lot of people don't know. It's hard when you up at Union Station and you got nurses out there triaging homeless people at the, at, at the train station. Okay? So we deal with this every day. So what I do is they pray that I try to hit the spa, you know, take a day at the spa every now and then, you know, and I really just focus on taking some down myself to recuperate. Lord, to refill my cup. Holy Ghost. So when you rock it with the Holy Ghost, you keep going. Where do you see CFH growing in the next couple of years or so? Uh, I know that one ambitious project is only a step to a bigger mission. What's that mission look like? You know, we're looking at really now, start, we're looking at building youth programs. You know, I've um, been working with, speaking with, um, his name is Jaime Gray um, from Ceasefire. They do a lot, you know, out here with the Peace Rise and out here, you know, trying to get the youth off the streets. So I was talking with him about this whole entire situation is that, you know, we got homelessness, but homelessness is from across the board because you got families out there are homeless. So you got husband, wives, women and children sleeping in cars. You got the elderly out there homeless because they can't afford the cost of living. And then you got the youth out here just wilding out. They don't have no guidance. And then you have the youth that's coming out of foster care. They don't have no guidance and they on the streets. So we need a program, a mentor program for the youth. And we're looking at opening more housing for families. We have no resources for families at all. It's very minimal. When I say like 5% of families, that's exactly what I mean. We're splitting families up on the dog. You know, we have a shelter that takes women and children that won't take the father. Then we have to send the mom and the children over here. And then send that over here. So we're on the streets splitting up families. That's not how it's supposed to be. We should be keeping families together because that's what we that's what we advocate for. Support. Do you have a support system? Who's your support system? They're families. But if we split up mom and dad, how is it that we're keeping that person together? So that's where I'm looking um, CFH you know, within the next couple of years, is getting more housing open, doing some subsidy with some landlords, getting funding in. This is so important, getting funding in to subsidize some rental units for families. 
So my family and trust, we got families that are working, okay, that are homeless. They got jobs. But if your rent is $3,000 a month and you're only bringing in $2,500, how can you afford to rent it? We need subsidy programs to subsidize the rent so we can get these families off the streets. So that's where we're going. Next phase. That's going to be the next phase. If, if someone's listening right now and they want to get involved or donate or help out any way they can, how do they go about doing that and learning more information about CFH? Okay, well, you can go directly to our website. Our website is www.cfh20201.org. That will give you all the information about our services. It'll also give you, uh, you can actually view our site from our website. As well, you'll see testimonials from the residents. You can also donate on the website, and you can also donate via Cash App, NBSLF 2020. I'm sorry, dollar sign, NBSLF 2020. That's our Cash App, and you can donate that way. Um, also, our office is listed. Um, on the website, our office is 2909 South Catalina Street, Los Angeles, California, 9007. We're open Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. So if you want to buy and, you know, have a tour, just give us a call. And our number here is 213-338-0130. And give us a call. We'll love to schedule a tour with you and have you come in and, and take a look at our site talk about our programs. And if you want to drop off a donation, it can be monetary, it can be food, it can be clothing, we, we will accept it. Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours.